This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans, welcome to Curtain Jerk, and as always, I am your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. I say reporting, but I'm really just kind of uh, speaking my mind, talking about wrestling for those who are new. For people that listen all the time, thank you for continuously listening. I sold a few shirts this week. I sold a few shirts to my girlfriend's family this week. But you know what? That means that the shirts are moving, guys. If you guys want your Curtain Jerk and Baseball tee, hit me up at Twitter, at JG Pro Wrestling. I'll sell it to you there. I'll ship them out as soon as possible. Even though they were my girlfriend's family, uh, still makes me feel good. Still makes me feel like I'm doing this for a purpose, you know, things are moving. People have been hitting me up on Twitter telling me that I've been doing a great job on the podcast and everything, which is awesome to to hear and see. Um but speaking of my girlfriend's family, I actually was in Florida this week. We flew down there Monday morning from Greensboro, North Carolina, got to Naples, Florida, or Fort Myers actually, then drove to Naples, drove a, a Pinsky moving truck to Naples, Florida, packed up her grandparents' shit, and then drove to Clearwater. And when you know what's cool about Clearwater as a wrestling fan? Hulk Hogan's Beach Shop is there. And Hulk Hogan's Hangout. He's He's got a new bar. We were talking to the bartender there. She showed us pictures of Ric Flair in there. I honestly thought I saw Brian Knobs at one point. Um... But that's neither here nor there. The beach shop next to it is way cooler than the bar because it's full of memorabilia. All kinds of title belts. All kinds of Rocky memorabilia. It's just... I know that he's a controversial figure nowadays, but you know what? Going in there, looking at the boots, looking at the the titles. I even bought an Andre the Giant vs. Hulk Hogan WrestleMania 3 mug. There's just cool shit in there, man. So if you ever in Tampa, you know, maybe for WrestleMania weekend coming up, stop by the beach shop, man. I know they're probably going to do a bunch of shit, but that beach shop is pretty fucking cool if you're a wrestling fan. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of Hogan merch, of course, but, you know, there's big posters of Hogan versus Anoki, which I didn't know that happened. Um, you know, the the title belt that he had when he was Thunderlips in Rocky, just really cool shit, man. Uh, so if you're ever there, go go in there. WrestleMania weekend, you know, you're going to be bouncing around, going to the collective and everything. Go there as well. It's really fucking cool. You know what else is really fucking cool? The Wednesday Night Wars. I'm kind of upset that they're going to be uh, airing on different nights coming up. Rumor has it. Uh, but uh, I think it'll help the podcast. It'll help me, uh, you know, break up what I'm watching and everything. But for the time being, it's really fucking cool. It's going to end one of the coolest times in wrestling history, I think. I, I love the Wednesday Night Wars. I love AEW. I like NXT most of the time. AEW uh, started out really cool with MJF and Pinnacle getting off a private jet. Looked fucking awesome. Blue sky in the background. Them standing there. It looked like a goddamn music video. Like, is this the Backstreet Boys? Is this the Four Horsemen? I can't tell. It's Pinnacle. It's a St. Patrick's Day themed, which is pretty cool. I I like the holiday themes. You know, 
WCW used to do, you know, Bash at the Beach. You always have, you know, the turkey gravy fight in uh on raw and smackdown you got the santa claus fights on raw and smackdown so anytime you can theme a wrestling show i'm into it i love the holidays any holiday sign me up i want to see what AEW does for arbor day uh austin gunn not only does he have bars, but he's got an arm sleeve. That was crazy. Uh, Moxley and uh, Eddie Kingston cutting a great promo. Wasted my money on the talk and shop of mania. That popped me. Uh, Kingston, you know, quoting 50 Cent, quoting Tupac, as only Eddie Kingston can do. Uh, Kingston comes out, gets beaten up. Uh, he can get beaten up better than a lot of guys can do a lot of offense. Archer with a great promo, but then Jake the Snake says, like, where's your bun because you're a weenie? What kind of old man insult is that shit? You could tell Darby Allen wanted to crack up when Jake the Snake said that. It ruined the segment. Sting cut a good promo. Darby Allen came out and cut a good promo. Archer came out to confront them and cut a good promo. And then you just have Jake the Snake literally calling people weenies. I think, like, if you wanted to make a joke of a wrestling promo... You would call someone a weenie. Uh, I can see Miz calling someone a weenie to to come across as like just a turd on Raw and SmackDown. But here, this guy is just doing it out of the blue. I guess it's the it, we are talking about it, so it did do its job. Cage came out and said, "Good job, Sting." The rest of Team Taz is pissed about it. Uh, that's interesting for me. Uh, John Silver kind of breaking away from the Dark Order more and more and more, I feel like. Uh, he's snug as fuck in the ring. He's entertained to watch in the ring. He's entertained on these promos. Unfortunately, Colt Cabana more and more in the background every single time. Like, what's up with Colt Cabana? Is he feeling comfortable wrestling during the pandemic? What's up, man? He needs to be in there like Joey Janela. Like, Joey Janela sometimes appears on Dark and then does Game Changer. Why isn't Colt in Game Changer? Why isn't Colt on Limitless or doing these indies? I guess he doesn't want to during the pandemic. But, man, we got to see him on Dark Elevation. We got to see him in AEW and some tag matches. I want to see my Colt Cabana. Griff Garrison in the crowd wearing a Duke shirt. They're not in the tournament. UNC's out of the tournament. ACC didn't really do that well in the tournament this year. Uh, but Griff Garrison doesn't give a shit. He's in the crowd repping Duke. Uh, so you got to, uh, you know, that popped me being from North Carolina, living in Durham. That popped me. Uh, that was cool to see. NXT, great shit as well. But they are kind of adopting the old school format of Raw to have a 20-minute talking segment to kick off the show. I hate that shit. Scarlett, Oni, and Birch really save that segment. Scarlett, I mean, come on. She can save any segment. Uh, she comes out there. She kind of seduces and tricks Oni and Birch into wrestling them, uh, wrestling Finn and Cross in the main event. That was pretty, uh, you know, nice little, like, story arc there. You know, they were kind of... Uh, liking scarlet rubbing their chest and everything they're like we're not cowards we're the champs and then they kind of did it cole cut a great promo regal comes out and here we have it again ever since undisputed era started i was always like kyle o'reilly and adam cole hate each other i couldn't get that out of my mind i was like i've you know ring of honor did a great job drilling that into my brain adam cole kyle o'reilly hate each other i saw it you know, all the way to uh, 
the Wrestle Kingdom one year where they wrestled. I saw it where they wrestled in in thumbtacks. They just had a they just their feud was money. And then all of a sudden in NXT they were teaming up, and that always irked me. But then right when I kind of forgot about that. Right when I kind of forgot that they hate each other, they do it again. Now they fucking hate each other again, and I'm loving it. We're the beneficiary of their hate. So cool. Jordan Devlin pops out. Finally, we're going to have the two title belts merged in the Cruiserweight division. Um, I'm wondering why one is in purple. Wasn't one purple? Like, Wouldn't that make sense if one guy had the purple title? Because the lineage of the purple title is in Jordan Devlin, and then the tournament, the black title, is with uh, Phantasma, or, uh, fuck, I can't think of his name, I know, his old name was Phantasma, his faction's name is El Hio del Phantasma, his name, Blanken, you guys are yelling, and hopefully you guys are listening enough to just yell into your phones and tell me this guy's name, it's probably gonna, you know, come into my brain later on down in the show, but Jordan Devlin wasn't the only one popping up out of nowhere. It's mania season. The borders are opened up a little bit. So not only do we get Jordan Devlin, the Irish Ace, but we get Walter. Hide your bare chest. The chop machine is coming to NXT. He's going up against Yamasa Ciampa. That's an amazing, amazing match. Because Yamasa Ciampa, you know, a legend in NXT, kind of just floating around. And here he is going up against Walter. He's going to get bitch slapped. He's going to get chopped. He's going to get thrown around. He's going to be pissed about it. That's what we want to see in our Yomaso. Also, you can do Thatcher versus Walter in the build. And I think that match will be a better match. But also uh, draw eyes to the main match that you're going to push with Yomaso. So I thought that was good. Cops show up and arrest Adam Cole. Alex Gray fighting L.A. Knight. I'm into L.A. Knight. I was into him in, when he was on NWA Power. But what the fuck? You got 205 Live standout here just getting buried on NXT. That's why I don't review that show anymore. I used to review that show for years. I loved that show for years. But then all of a sudden it became the main event of NXT. Like, uh, say what you will, but back in the day, you wouldn't have Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali being buried on NXT. If they came to NXT, it would be a special fucking deal. I remember like Tony Nese, Aria Davari, like some of the mid-carters at that time in 205 Live would come to NXT and it would be a big fucking deal. They would have competitive matches. Here you have the standouts getting crushed by the new guys. What the fuck is going on with this shit? Like they're like, oh well he's a heavyweight. Then why the fuck do you have the cruiserweight show, man? Like uh you know like if you're not gonna make them at least be in their own little bubble when they get outside that bubble you got to put him over a little bit, have some shine a little bit. It was a distraction. Bronson Reed came out and flex broke uh, LA Knight's jacket. I mean, that was fucking awesome. Anytime someone rips something by flexing, that's fucking cool. Don't get me wrong there. But even though he was distracted, he still picked up the victory. Which, you know, in NXT world, in NXT logic, if someone comes out and distracts you, you are frozen in time, you completely forget everything you're doing, but here, LA Knight doesn't forget it. Uh, So I guess that's good for LA Knight, but bad for the entire Cruiserweight division. It bummed me out. But that's just kind of my breakdown of the two shows. As you guys know, as always, I rank every single Wednesday Night War show from worst to first, and this episode is no different.
Number 12 is the match that I just ranted about. LA Knight versus Alex Gray. Number 11, Jade versus Danny Jordan. Good to see Danny Jordan. We were just talking about NWA power. NWA is back this weekend. We're going to be talking about that. We're not going to be talking about Fastlane next week. And it's cool to see LA Knight and Danny Jordan, even though Danny Jordan picking up L's left and right in AEW. Number 10, Brizanga versus uh, Phantasma. Number nine, Phoenix and Angelico. I thought that match was going to be a little better than it was. Uh, Angelico with the uh, ground technician uh, aspect of his game uh, is kind of cool, but I wish he was just like a Jeff Hardy jumping in the air, jumping on people and shit. Number eight, Loomis versus Theory. This was great shit. I- I'm surprised it's at eight. They- these guys have comedic timing. Uh, a lot of people don't like Dexter Loomis. I'm into his character. Austin Theory controversial as well, but you got to say like he's he's you know his look is money, and he's been delivering these uh, lines. You know, sorry to call him lines, but he's been doing this uh, this angle very well. Uh, I'm sure Johnny Gargano is helping him a lot backstage, and he's also helping him a lot in front of the camera. He's killing it too. Number seven, Yomasa versus Wolf. Number six, Moxley and Kingston versus the Good Brothers. The promos were better than the match. They should have just cut promos on each other and just built to some match a few weeks down the line. They they kind of jumped the gun for this match, especially since Moxley had just gotten, you know, kind of blown up or whatever the hell they're saying. He, he injured his shoulder, but the the explosion didn't happen. Who the hell knows? Number five, Dakota Kai versus Zoe Starks. This was a great match. Uh, it would have been the uh, best women's match on Wednesday nights usually. But, of course, uh, we got something that we're going to talk about coming up here. Number four, the 10-man tag for AEW. You got to love these big multi-man tag matches. I love a clusterfuck. I like, uh, you know, I have a, a short attention span. So if someone's going to get kicked, that's awesome. If someone's going to jump on somebody, that's awesome. But if someone gets kicked and then someone else gets jumped on back to back, you got my attention, man. I'm watching that shit more. So that's what these 10-man tags do. I know... Uh, uh, they don't really do much to push storylines a lot of the time, and there's a lot of shit to watch. Hard to review, fun to watch. But number three, Lorkin and Birch versus Finn and Cross. This match was awesome, good match, and it was really good. The shot they did uh, where uh, Finn dropkicked Birch. Birch fell on Scarlet. Scarlet obviously faking hurt. Finn looking like he's helping Scarlet, and then in the background, you see Cross slowly see it, grab Finn, get pissed, and then as as he grabs Finn, you see Scarlet just crack a little smile, realizing that she did what she had to do. She bullshitted Finn to piss off Cross, and she's getting her way. It was that was beautiful, beautifully done. That's why it's at number three. Number two, Cody and Penta, the curtain jerker of AEW Dynamite. These guys can kill it. It's kind of like Pentagon Jr. A lot of people get lost in AEW roster, and I feel like Pentagon Jr. was a standout in the indies to the point where he was a breakout star to get signed to AEW, and he really hasn't done much. People are saying it's because he only speaks Spanish, but now they've taken care of that, and he's killing it in AEW. Cody's killing it as always, but they did not kill it as much as Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Holy shit. This was the match. This was the feeling we were all looking for in the exploding barbed wire death match. This was what we fucking actually wanted. Not necessarily these exact movements and motions 
but we wanted this fucking feeling. We wanted to be like, what are we watching? This is crazy. I cannot believe it. Rebel taking the table spot, rolling in the thumbtacks. Britt Baker taking the thumbtacks and shaking. You, I mean, I'm, I mark out every time I see a thumbtack and a shake. It, when you like, Randy Orton did it great when he wrestled Cactus Jack. Ricky Starks did it great whenever uh, Darby Allen hit him with the uh, the coffin drop, and now we have Britt Baker doing it really good. Britt Baker bleeding all over the place into her eyes like i'm thinking like if someone's flipping through the channels they're at least staying on this match if, even if they don't like wrestling because they've never seen anything like this before both ladies bleeding like crazy thunder rosa puts Britt baker through a table and beats thunder rosa whole i mean beats Britt Baker, I'm getting tangled up and twisted in my my words because my thoughts are racing in my brain thinking about how awesome this match is. I don't give a fuck if you've ever seen a wrestling show before. Seek this match out and watch it. It is insane. It is insane. I remember when I was a kid, I went to FYE. This is... I'm talking about FYE twice in a way. I used to go because they would have FMW tapes. They would have Wings tapes. They would have, uh, you know, like old ECW tapes and you could buy them or DVDs and tapes. They, they were VHSs, guys. I'm that old. The VHSs weren't marquee. They were definitely in the sales bin, but they were still in stores at the mall when I was a kid. So, uh, I bought these FMW tapes, and on these tapes, there were these women's matches that were exactly like this. They were crazy. They were hard-hitting. They were nuts. Uh, women bleeding. Uh, and it, I, I always thought that this would never happen in America. And then you saw Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, and you're like, oh, shit, I guess this is, this is is those were amazing matches. My favorite feud in women's history, wrestling history. But I was like, There's, they're never going to get, they're never going to cross that line. And here they cross that line. They fucking beat the shit out of each other with the line, and Thunder Rosa got the victory. Awesome shit here. I love that fucking match. People were saying match of the year. Uh, it's definitely in top five. Shingo versus Tanahashi was my match of the year, but number two is probably Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa is like my favorite wrestler right now. Uh, I would say it's between her and Pac. She's kills it every time. I know it was an unsanctioned match, but they need to push her to the moon. They need to give her that fucking title. She doesn't have the NWA title. She's going to be on NWA, but she doesn't have the NWA title. I don't know who she's signed to, but she needs the fucking gold, man. Last week, I uh, did a segment that's kind of uh, out of the norm for me to do on Curtain Jerkin, but I enjoyed it. Andre the Giant Facts. I enjoy talking about old wrestlers. I mean, we have Young Rock, which is pretty much the most popular wrestling-based show in the world right now. Of course, there's no actual wrestling, but you know, all the characters are from The Rock's childhood, which are wrestlers, which is pretty fucking cool to me. So that makes me think that the most popular thing about wrestling is probably the old personalities and people that used to be involved in wrestling. I mean, you have The Undertaker saying it's not like the old days because no one's walking around with guns and drugs. And you're like, well, that's good, but it's not as entertaining. I wish they did have guns and drugs kind of in, my, in the back of my head just so I'd have something to talk about on this show. But that's going to Haku. We're jumping to Haku. We're going to try to find an old school guy to talk about every single week just to give me something to read about and enjoy. Uh, Haku, I've always heard that he bit someone's nose off at a bar. I never heard that he ripped another wrestler's eye out of socket. Uh, Jimmy Jack Funk, Jesse Barr, uh, was in Puerto Rico, and he was 
walking around and there was a guy digging a ditch and just to be a dick he kicked dirt onto him i mean i would hate to have dirt kicked onto me but especially if i'm in the middle of digging a ditch it's like come on man i'm trying to get this dirt out of this hole not on me here you are kicking it on me and i'm in the hole it's falling in the hole you motherfucker haku thinks the same way i think he comes after him and rips jimmy jack funk's eye out holy shit i cannot believe that that's hilarious um haku's the man ming's the man as everyone knows who listens to the show, I love watching WCW. They would be putting him over in the first hour all the time, teaming up with the Barbarian. And he still wrestles to this day, as people that listen to this podcast for a long time know. He wrestled on ICW No Holds Barred show against Schlack No Contest in 2020. It might have even been 2021. This guy's cool. His sons are cool. G.O.D. I think they're the tag champions in New Japan right now. Just awesome shit from uh, from Haku along the way. And, you know, good for you for not only, uh, you know, it's one thing to be scary and rip people's eyes out. It's another thing to rip someone's eye out for a cause. Stand up for the working man. Next time you have a, a, a beer on a Friday night, think Haku's got your back. Ming's got your back. He goes by Ming and Haku, if you didn't know, guys. That took place in Puerto Rico. As we know, there's a celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame, and it's going to have a little bit of Puerto Rican flair in that Hall of Fame wing with Bad Bunny. He didn't bring the title belt with him to the Grammys, unfortunately. He won a Grammy, like Urban Latin Pop. I mean, yeah, he, he won the Grammy for his genre, which is awesome. 24-7 title in one hand, Grammy in the other suck it omega he's got multiple championships too he's got multiple uh trophies as well um but here he is going to the wwe hall of fame with first year in the business going to the hall of fame that's got to be a record guys uh man i can't believe it here's your here's to your 25 year career this guy's just jumping right to it uh I'm obviously being facetious a little bit, but you got to give it to Bad Bunny. You know, a lot of these rappers, you know, like Wiz Khalifa, I remember a few years ago, just appeared on Raw, and he just kind of walked around, did his thing. Oh, I'm, I'm Wiz Khalifa, singing the song. You got Snoop Dogg jumping off the top in AEW. You got Kevin Owens powerbombing MGK off the ramp. That's cool. That's a progression, but I think it led to this. It led to Bad Bunny, a Grammy Award-winning superstar, week to week appearing on raw he's the one thing that i look for on raw i don't watch raw i love wrestling i don't watch raw the only time i tune into raw or see what raw's doing is to see what bad bunny's doing that's somehow what interests me about that particular wrestling program so they're doing their job i never even heard of bad bunny before this i mean i saw him in the mcdonald's commercial i saw him with snoop i kind of knew who he was once i saw him on the royal rumble but they're doing a great job with him I guess they're pairing him up with Miz for WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. That's an amazing pairing. People are going to be flipping through the channels. Oh, that's the guy who has a reality show. That's the guy from the real world. Oh, what's he doing fighting Bad Bunny? They're going to tune in. Are they going to stay to see Randy Orton throw a black black shit out of his mouth? Probably not. But you're going to hook him for that segment. And like you guys know, I'm swearing off of WWE until WrestleMania. I'm watching NXT, don't get me wrong. I'm listening to podcasts, I'm keeping up with it. But no main roster WWE until WrestleMania. And who's kidding who? This is Saturday morning, so this is probably going to go up Sunday morning. So if I give you guys my uh, Fastlane predictions, it would date the show. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't watch a lot of uh, WWE. I do watch a lot of New Japan. And the second round ended of the New Japan Cup. I gave you guys the complete ranking of worst of first in the first round last week. Now this week is the complete ranking of worst of first the second round. I said I was going to do some convoluted thing where the first, the best, best three matches of the first round can get accumulated into this. I'm not doing that shit. It's going to go first round, second round ranked from worst to first, and then it's going to be the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals all ranked as one group as well to see if maybe there's a semifinal matchup that's better than the finals. That's something of note. That's something we're going to talk about. But here is the second round matches from worst to first. Evil versus Cobb. I'm tired of this Dick Togo shit. Cobb needs to throw him around and get the victory. You could have pushed Cobb to the moon in this tournament, but you didn't. That's why it's number eight. Number seven, Finley versus Yoshiashi. Finley, what a week he has. He's advancing in the New Japan tournament. He's winning the Impact Tag Team Championships. You gotta love the uh, COVID era wrestling and the pre-taped stuff you can do with it david finley might be wrestler of the week if it's not thunder rosa number six i can't believe it's number six actually actually i'm going to change it up here on the fly number six nagata versus sonata sonata advances you gotta love seeing nagata just beat the shit out of somebody as an old guy uh sonata is not really that cool to me uh but he advances but number five, Toriyano versus the Great Okan. A lot of shit talking going to Toriyano's way. They don't like him in New Japan because he's a he's a comedy wrestler. Great Okan has underwhelmed a lot of people. But this match was awesome. Great Okan was like, hey, you're gonna use tape, Toriyano? Go ahead and tape me up. He gets taped up, ducks a clothesline, ends up uh getting the better Toriyano. He kind of goes along with the tricks that Toriyano does in every single match, to try to get the upper hand. But at the end of the day, roll up, one, two, three, Toriyano wins. But it was awesome to see Great Okan like, think about it differently than you see other wrestlers think about it. He's not going to you know, just play the fool. He's going to come at you just as aggressively as you're coming at him. It kind of made me uh, a little bit of a Great Okan mark a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Number four, Tanahashi versus Jay White. I was kind of underwhelmed by this match. I mean, I was thinking, you know, this is going to be a rerun of the Wrestle Kingdom match. Bring it back to the Wrestle Kingdom match. It wasn't that, but it was still kind of cool to see. Uh, Jay White advances, beats Tanahashi. I think Tanahashi's never beaten Jay White, if I'm not mistaken. This is, uh, you know, White's. this is White's era. It's White's era, and that's why they're number four. But number three, Shingo versus Goto. Shingo, I mean... He's not had a bad match in like three fucking years, and here he is advancing in the tournament. You gotta love it. Number two, Kenta versus Suzuki. The most notable thing of this match is Kenta's out there reading the fucking paper. Suzuki's pissed. Uh, this prop was used just as well as any other prop you see in like a comedy match, even though <clears throat> there was no comedic elements to it. Uh, Kenta was just being a dick. Suzuki was like, if you're going to be a dick, you're going to have to read this paper right in fucking front of me. And then they brawl. Kenta does get the victory. He moves on. It sucks to see Suzuki gone. He had such a great match in the first round with uh, Hanma. And here he is, the second best match in the second round with Kenta. So Suzuki's gone on to other things. 
and we're going to miss him in this tournament. He's been killing it. But number one, Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr. Holy shit. Anyone who knows these guys knows how awesome this is. They came up in the same time. Zack Sabre Jr., a, a technical wizard. Osprey flying through the air from the same plot of land, the U.K., that's when the UK blew up. And these guys, I would say, are the two best guys in the UK. Controversial area nowadays with the uh, speaking out movement, the UK wrestling scene. But these guys, uh, you know, are in Japan. They made a name for themselves outside of that scene. Therefore, if that scene crumbles, they're still in Japan. And that's this matchup right here. Zack Sabre Jr., shit-talking Osprey. Osprey's shit-talking Zack Sabre Jr. There was one point where Zack Sabre Jr. looked like he was going to go for a dive, or Osprey was going to go for a dive, but then he rolls out and just kicks the shit out of Zack Sabre Jr. Says he doesn't have to do that anymore. Really, really cool shit here, man. They're just British shit-talking, doing amazing wrestling matches. I'm a big fan of both these guys. Go out of your way and watch it. If Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker hadn't happened, this would have been the standout match of the week. But, or did he, yeah, this happened this week or maybe last week. This would have been the standout match of this episode. But uh, right now, it's got to settle for number one in the second round of the uh, New Japan Cup. Britt, I would go Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta Suzuki, uh, Cody versus Pentagon. Those are my top four matches this week. Just off the top of my head, that's what I'm uh, going with. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Let me know if you're going to go to the beach shop. Take pictures for me uh, so I can relive the great memories of the Hogan beach shop. Let me know what you guys think of the second round. Just because I'm not talking about Fastlane doesn't mean you can't talk to Fastlane about Fastlane to me. Got tongue twisted there, guys. Sorry about that. Hit me up on Twitter at JG Pro Wrestling. Thanks a lot, guys. As always, fly high. I'm out.